Welcome into Tales Never Fails. My name is Steve Kramer. Appreciate you checking out the show. Follow us on Twitter at TNF underscore podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. On today's show, we're continuing our team need series with the Atlanta Falcons. On the last episode, we discussed the offseason plan for the Miami Dolphins. If you missed that episode, be sure to check it out. I'm joined today by Parker Hurley. Parker, how you doing, bud? Doing good, yeah. The Falcons will be a fun team and almost, you know, the exact opposite of the Miami Dolphins where we're saying, you know, hey, they had a bad year and they're going to, you know, potentially get worse. Um, I think the Falcons are kind of looking at it and saying there's no excuses. We need to get better this year. Um, And you were kind of saying a lot of it was injury related anyways. So we'll see if a healthier Falcons team can have better results in 2019. Yeah, looking at their estimated cap space on SpotRack, um, a little bit over $28 million, not a ton of room there. But, yeah, like you said, they can run a lot of this back, and if guys can stay healthy, um, they should be able to make some noise. But starting um, with the most important position on the team, a quarterback, they're pretty locked in. Matt Ryan signed through uh, 2023, so they're not really going to need to do anything there, but you can touch on that a little bit if you'd like. Yeah, I just mainly have to say that um, I think Matt Ryan had a very underrated season um, in terms of nobody gave him any credit because um, his team didn't win many games, but I thought he was awesome. He was efficient. It was probably his best season outside of his MVP season with Kyle Shanahan. So um, I thought Matt Ryan was just stellar, and that's why I think that the Falcons are coming back into this season saying, you know, hey, we got Matt Ryan kind of cooking a little bit. Um, I know I think they changed their offensive coordinator, but um, even, you know, the backup situation, I feel like, you know, they're not going to touch the quarterback in my opinion. Yeah, you touched on OC. Uh, Sarkeesian's out. I think he's going back to Bama with Nick Saban. Um, but they brought in Dirk Cutter from Tampa Bay. So, you know, he definitely some uh, some passing schemes that Dirk's into. So that might actually be a, a better fit for Matt Ryan. Right, and I forgot um, Dirk Cutter got that job in Tampa Bay because he was the OC um, with Matt Ryan in Atlanta previously. Um, and they went to the NFC Championship game. So Matt Ryan and Dirk Cutter, at least they have a relationship with each other as it was. So um, I think, you know, because, you know, the thing with Matt Ryan was first year with Shanahan struggled, second or first year with Sark kind of struggled, um, second year took big steps forward with each of them. Um, maybe you won't get that with a guy like uh, Kirk, Dirk Cutter. Yeah, and looking at uh, the running back position, Kevin Coleman is a free agent, but I imagine they're going to let him walk and try and, you know, get some more snaps somewhere else. Uh they are bringing back the Devonta Freeman and Edo Smith. Yeah, and I'm an Edo Smith fan, so um, he's shifty and he can catch and he can pass block just enough to where he does most of what you're looking for out of Tevin Coleman. Honestly, um, he can do a little bit of what you're looking for out of Devonte Freeman. Um, they're locked into the Devonte Freeman contract, but um, they're gonna, you know, that's what they're gonna do is roll those two. Like I said, a little bit of running in the back. Um, Jeremy Langford's just met, and but Brian Hill. I think is a solid goal line back. So in in that regard, you really, um, yeah, you just let Coleman walk and you barely even do anything. You know, maybe just a UDFA um, is all you do to supplement any depth. Yeah, and looking at uh, Ryan's pass catchers, you know, Calvin Ridley had a really good year last year. They also bring back Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. They don't really need to make any changes there either. No, this one you'd probably say maybe like a, you know, a little bit more of an investment in terms of depth than even running back at this point. 
But yeah, I mean, they're going to bring back those three. They're feeling comfortable with those three. You know, one of the better, you know, all around groups. Russell Gage is going to stay in terms of he's definitely a special teamer. Um, he could potentially be a splash player. But I really think, you know, he, Russell Gage is kind of like your fifth in terms of he's just a special teamer. So you do need a fourth receiver. But yeah, it's like you're not going to put a lot of assets into a fourth receiver. So um, yeah, if, like, you know, Matt Ryan had great stats. I don't think the offense was a huge issue. Um, you know, they're losing Tevin. They're bringing back Devontae. But the playmakers should stay the same. Yeah, another one of those playmakers, especially took another step forward last year. Austin Hooper comes in with his, uh, looks like his last year, his deal. They don't have a whole lot behind him, but um, they probably should look to extend Hooper here. Probably, and you could, um, you know, I think most of Cutter's work in Atlanta was with Tony Gonzalez, and you know, in Tampa Bay, you know, went out and made Cameron Braid a little money, and, uh, you know, drafted O.J. Howard in the first round, so you know that he, you know, he wants to get the tight end involved a little bit, but like you said, Hooper, um, I thought was, played well, and I think that they're going to extend Hooper, honestly, this offseason, you know, uh, he's coming into his contract year. So I think they're going to extend him and, and keep him as a starter. And then Eric Salbert's kind of like a uh, – he, he can really do a little bit of everything too. He has some upside to him too. So um, they kind of have some depth there as well. You know, maybe they do um, bring in a little bit of depth at the tight end position. But, yeah, I mean, they're not spending a lot of resources on this offense except for, you know, uh, extending Hooper. Yeah, and then moving on to the guys up front looking at the offensive line. You know, they bring back – some guys with big contract numbers. Um, what do you think they're going to end up doing here at the offensive line? Are they settled in? Do they need to shake things up a little bit? For the most part, they're pretty good. Um, Jake Matthews at left tackle is um, one of the better left tackles in the NFL. Um, you know, def I would definitely say probably top five at this point. And, you know, like you said, he's getting paid. He's on a solid contract for what he brings to the table. They're going to keep him. Alex Mack is a little bit of a veteran status, but um, – the, what he brings to the table in terms of communication and even athleticism, despite the fact that, like I said, he's getting a little older, um, he brings enough to the table that you love the combination of, you know, center and left tackle are, you know, kind of the, the biggest pieces of your offensive line. And they have those locked down. Ryan Schrader, um, I wouldn't say he had a great year in 2019, but he brings continuity. He's always been pretty good, you know, good enough to where, you know, you kind of scratch that and say, you know, he, he's been he's been fine. And like, uh, like you said, he's under contract, so they're going to bring him back. So they have both their tackles in their starting center. The question is the guard position. I'd assume Brandon Fusco will get a starting job, and you'd assume Wes Schweitzer will probably get a starting job as well. But you could see, you know, like I kind of said, you don't need much at receiver. You don't need much at tight end. You don't need much at running back. You're not putting much in there. Maybe if you do have a situation um, where you have a little bit of cap, it would be the guard spot uh, where you could upgrade a little bit. I know Andy Levitre, you know, uh, when he went down, they, you know, like I said, Schweitzer kind of stepped in. You could probably pencil him in. But um, I think they could upgrade the guard spot. And that's really, I mean, like we kind of broke down, that's the only spot on the offense where you're kind of saying, yeah, if we want to take a step forward, we got to get the guard spot going. Yeah, the offense should be clicking, especially bringing in Cutter. I like that fit a little bit more for them. Uh, we can move on to the defensive side of the ball here. Um, like I said, you know, a ton of injuries last year. You know, it's just really hard with uh, 53-man roster. You know, stay competitive when you're trying to replace uh, superstar talent. Um, what do you think they're going to do here at the defensive line? Yeah, I think the big thing is, you know, what are they going to get out of their defensive line? Mainly because um, Grady Jarrett's a free agent. Um, gotta sign Grady Jarrett on, you know, uh, what, he's like 26 years old. I know, you, you know, the question becomes, how much money do you put into, um, 
you know, he's mainly a run-stuffing defensive lineman, you know, but he's an upfield penetrator, and he can get after the quarterback, and in my opinion, I was kind of saying it on one of our podcasts, um, that's becoming one of the most valuable positions in the NFL is um, that interior defensive lineman who can get quick quickly upfield, so um, I don't see any way that they could let Grady Jarrett go, and that's where you're saying, well, they're not going to spend much on the offense. Uh, at least they could, you know, they've got to bring back Grady at all costs, in my opinion. So um, Bruce Irvin's going to be interesting to bring back because I guess we'll start with the defensive tackles that, you know, Deidre Sonat, I think, is, uh, had a really good first, first year, um, and then Jack Crawford is some depth, so I think if you bring back Grady, um, you actually have some depth and talent on the interior, but then the edges get really questionable. You know, Vic Beasley had, I think it was like a down first year, an amazing second year, and then a down third year. So, you know, he's entering a huge year. This is his fifth year even. Um, so he's entering his, his big, you know, this is his big uh, contract season. Um, he's His last two years have trended downward. So um, you're just looking for, you know, a huge step forward from Vic, or you're looking for replacing Vic, you know. Takaris McKinley on the other side was more consistent than Vic. Beasley was, um, especially as an edge rusher, but he kind of seems like a number two edge rusher. He's a little bit of like a power workers, workers man edge rusher, whereas Vic is like speed and athleticism. You would love to have, you know, the combination of the two. It's just, can Vic be consistent enough to be that contrast to, 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 to McKinley? Uh, that's where you're saying, if if not, if you're not betting on Vic, you might want to bring in Bruce Irvin. The good thing about bringing in Bruce Irvin is he's from Atlanta, and he pretty much, I know the Patriots and the Steelers offered Bruce Irvin a lot of money um, when he got cut by the Raiders. The Patriots and the Steelers, you know, two real contenders, um, you know, even last season, and, you know, he took the money in Atlanta. I know Atlanta was somewhat in, in contention at that point. You know, they were getting Deion Jones back. They were like they were like five and four, something along those lines, but still... Um, you know, he turned down money from the Patriots to, you know, stay in Atlanta because he's close to home. So you kind of have that in your bag in terms of, you know, maybe he'll take a bit of a pay cut. Maybe he'll take a team-friendly role and situation to play in Atlanta next season. So um, that's where you could have some depth. And Brooks Reed um, is a real, is a pure depth player. So, I mean, that's where, you know, do you want to replace Vic Beasley? Yes. Are you going to be able to do it this offseason? season? I don't know necessarily. I, I think you could probably just bring back Bruce Irvin and say, if Vic doesn't give us enough, we has Irvin and Brooks Reed. So, I mean, I think the big thing for the defensive line is, um, one, you got to upgrade from Grady Jarrett. But then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a question of, you know, can do you have enough cap space or how can you get another edge rusher in there? Yeah, and then moving back a level, you touched on Deion Jones. Yeah, he was banged up last year. Um, he's coming into last year, his contract. Looking at, like, one and a half million this year. He's probably going to command a little bit more money after that because he's been really good for them. Right. So this is where it's coming back to you know, well, one they don't have much. You know, you like you said they're not like loaded with cap space. Um, two, you know, it comes down to well, they don't need much on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe they just upgrade. But you know, three, they got to bring back Grady Jarrett. They got to extend Deion Jones like big time this off season. And you know, it's going to be interesting because he's probably going to. Um, set a little bit of a market for, you know, some linebackers as well. Um, I know CJ Mosley, I think is, you know, uh, the smart, the prudent decision would be to sign Deion Jones before CJ Mosley, you know, whether he gets franchise tagged or whatever he gets, um, you know, you sign him before that because then that kind of reshapes the market a little bit. So I think, you know, um, despite the injuries of last season, 
you come in and you say, we got to extend Deion Jones. And that's where, yeah, I mean, yes, they have some cap space. You'd love to upgrade the defense a little bit. Um, most of it's going to come through the draft because you got to extend Grady. You might bring back Bruce Irvin. You got to extend Deion Jones this off season. So um, Deion Jones is, um, is like the elite player of the, of the linebacker core. Next to him, you have Devondre Campbell, who can kind of play the Sam role, but can also get out in space a little bit too. Um, and then you have Duke Riley, who is just a will player in terms of he's he gets uh, lost, you know, in between the tackles. But you know, in terms he's fast. That's you know that's basically what he has going for him. He's fast. He can run and chase players. Um, has to get it going in terms of mental processing. And uh, this guy, I'm not going to even try and pronounce his name. Foyer, I believe, is. Uh, Mainly his name, he started to get snaps because uh, because Duke Riley was, you know, kind of questionable and Deion Jones wasn't in there. And Foyer actually started to take some steps as the season went on too. So that's where you're saying, um, yes, we don't have to really upgrade it, but we have to put some money into it in terms of Deion Jones is going to be, you know, probably a top five paid linebacker here. You know, he's, by this time next year, he'll be a top five paid linebacker. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And then rounding out their defense, um, looking at the secondary um, they released Robert Alford, um, so they're going to run back with Desmond Trufant, who they have under control until uh, through the 2022 season. Also bringing back Carter Allen, Ken O'Neill, Isaiah Oliver. Uh, Brian Poole looks like the only pending free agent in the back end. Right, and it's going to be interesting what they do with Poole because um, it all kind of depends on where they see Kazee. You know, moving forward, um, it seems like, like you said, Trufant will be on the team at least moving forward for a little bit. And then it seems like um, Isaiah Oliver will get a shot to step into that Robert Alford spot on the outside. And then Brian Poole's your starting slot cornerback in this kind of, you know, based on what you have on the roster. Then Ricardo Allen was injured last season and Keanu Neal was injured last season. So, you know, you kind of just say, okay, we're going to get both of them back most likely, and that'll be good. So um, you also start have to, you have to start thinking about a Keanu Neal extension as well. Um, so, but those two will be back. But when, when uh, what's his name, uh, Ricardo Allen got injured, you saw a lot of Kazee playing free safety, and he looked pretty good, actually. Um, I think he was kind of drafted to be a slot cornerback. In like right now, he was going to step in for a guy like Brian Poole. was kind of his career trajectory. And then he starts putting in a lot of good snaps at safety. I think he's kind of a chess piece in terms of he can you know play all of that safety. And uh, in the slot, he's really physical, undersized, but he's really physical. Can kind of go from sideline to sideline and all of that. So um, he's a fun player, and he makes a guy like Brian Poole expendable to where maybe you say, um, you know, Isaiah Oliver was like a second or third round pick last year. Yes. But he also has, you know, he's not necessarily technically refined. He still had downs last season as a rookie. Um, maybe you upgrade at the cornerback spot, you know, and you, because you have a, or the outside cornerback spot because a guy like Kazee will play in the slot. Um, maybe Kazee will be your third safety, your fourth cornerback, and you re- bring back Poole. Um, I just think Kazee showed that there's more to him than that, that he could honestly, I think he could be a starting free safety or slot, starting slot cornerback for some teams. So um, maybe I'm a little bit higher on Kazee than most people, but I really think that, um, yeah, it's, it's not the biggest need. Um, I think outside cornerback, because Oliver is more questionable, in my opinion, than anything in the secondary. Yeah, that just about does it for the Atlanta Falcons with the 14th pick in 2019 draft. Do you have any comments that you want to add, Parks, or are we going to keep this thing rolling? 
No, yeah, we could pretty much just roll. I mean, they're such an interesting team in that, like I said, um, they're going to really just hope that, you know, the injuries were a lot of the issues last season, um, run a lot of their, you know, offense back, maybe an upgrade on the edge, maybe an upgrade at guard. But a lot of it is, like I said, extending a lot of your own because you don't have much uh, cap space. And then it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they can hit on some draft picks, you know, picking a little bit higher than they probably expected to, you know, can they get an edge player to fall? Could they get a second cornerback to fall? Or, you know, hey, could, could they get a guard, you know, right there in, um, pretty high? So those are kind of the spots that I'm looking at for the Falcons to really take a step forward. But, yeah, it's going to be tough for them to do it through free agency, I think. I think most of what they're going to do this offseason is bring a lot of guys back and try and build through the draft. Yep, looking forward to it. So we'll uh, move on to the Washington Redskins next. Thank you, Falcon fans.